I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that.
taking refuge in the dark. She's a lock from the ox, spitting lyrics from the heart. Honey complexed it, brainwaves stay connected. Her meditation skills keep her traveling through the stars. Came from the ether, destination unknown, flown from out the space where about the ancient people were grown. Shown the truth since the youth and the roots showed the proof. Opening pathways like the Father Eshoo. Like that boot camp, she a strange wonder. Ascended to the heavens from the land of down under. Trying to figure how to reunite her people now asunder. She devoured season like it to save off her growing hunger. Her number, the two stands forever growing with dumb. She is the moon, heat the sun, overstand and make the cycle one. You could catch a politicking on the streets of Mecca. Then she rests in Ile Ife to recharge her bio essence. We'll have our chorus. And you will upset me. But what can I do? 81 is when she broke the earthly terrain. Born with two Fulani earrings and a pocket full of chains. That's where the voice, that's the sound to behold. She broke the mold, renewed the old. Turned the microphone to solid gold. Spoke with the elders before she left the home planet. And they told her never to disrespect the crap if you descended. Remember the four facets they would carry you far. Not for you to be a star, but a preserver of art. Part human, cause the body she inhabits. A goddess, cause she carries bloodlines of the immortal status. Like Gladys. Took the midnight train to Georgia. Seeking out new ground like old Moorish explorers. The forest of knowledge was barren and we were taking over. She took a seed from her magic bag and planted near a fully clover. A lotus flower grew from mud at the riverbank. The people start rejoicing on their knees, giving thanks. We'll have our chorus. And you will upset me. But what can I do? They asked her name, wonder why she wasn't famous. She said my name is Cyrock, you're confused on what my aim is. I do this not for recognition, but to change my folks' position. This is lesson 101, so hold your tongue and start to listen. You are the lost tribe, wanders from the light. Since to conquer universes, turn the wrongness to right. The uncivilized have an envious eye, and they plotted your demise based on treachery and lies. You lost your culture and the jewels that you came with. They learned your alchemy, and they used it to make a name with. Became the false gods while the real ones suffered. The Jews became dull and over time they lost their lesser you forgot the mission and got tricked into submission now the elders sent me here to resurrect the beats and rhythm this is your movement and it can never be stopped it's the spirit of our people giving the name of hip-hop
joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariana Tanay. I'm so grateful to be here this evening. Blessings in all, greetings to all, love to all, strength to all. As we look into tonight's theme, artificial intelligence and the advent of UBI, Universal Basic Income Part 3. I covered this topic earlier in this podcast series because I saw the beginning stages of how artificial intelligence was growing and how the web of connectivity and the use of algorithms was taking over society in all types of facets. And our children are preparing for jobs that are not going to be there in 20 years because the structure of work is going to change so vastly. So one has to be prepared, understand. So we're going to start up um, in the praise up. And um, we're going to go into the King James Bible and look up AI. It's ruined. It's one of the royal cities of the Canaanites. It's mentioned in Joshua 10, Genesis 12:8 and 13:3. It was the scene of Joshua's defeat and afterwards of his victory. It was the second Canaanite city taken by Israel. It lay rebuilt and inhabited by the Benjamites. And it lay to the east of Bethel, besides Beth-Avon the spot which is most probably the site of the ancient city of Hayan, two miles east of Bethel. It lay up the weighty silhouette, a steep, rugged valley, extending from the Jordan Valley to Bethel. AI was in ruins. I was in ruins. And so it's spoken of in Joshua. Joshua 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise. Go up to see I. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of I, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt, and thou shalt do to I and her king as thou dost did unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against I. And Joshua chose out of 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be ye all ready. Be ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach into the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them. So they will come out after us, so we have drawn them from the city. But they will say, they flee before us as at first, 
Therefore, we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be, when ye have taken the city, that ye shall set the city on fire, according to the commandment of the Lord shall, shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in the ambush, and abode between Bethel and Ai. On the west side of Ai, but Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and sent them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city, and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass that when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted and rose up early, and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people, at a time appointed before the plain, but he was not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all of Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in I were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua, and they were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in I or Bethel, Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. Overstand. They left the city open and still pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward I, for I will give it unto thine hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city. And it took and hastened and set the city on fire. And when the wind... And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. And they had no power to flee this way or that way. To the wilderness turned back upon their pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them so that they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness wherein they chased them. And when they were fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai, 
and filled it with the edge of the sword. And so it was. And all that fell that day, both men and women were 12,000, even all the men of I. But Joshua drew not back his hand, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of I. Only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves. According unto the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burnt I, and he made a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day, had hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath lift up any iron. And they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote there upon the stones, a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. Ai was burnt, and on the stones were written the law of Moses. And all Israel and all their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side, the ark, and on that side before the priests, the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well as the stranger, as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gizrazim, and half of them over against Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings, and cursing according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before, all the congregation of Israel, with women and the little ones, and the strangers that were conversing among them. So we have to take this AI over stand and write the book of law on it, change it to what we need it to be, and we have to get ahead of it. And we need to code to be coded. And we need to understand the implications so that we can see a way clear. It's very important to know how this technology is invading so many different aspects of how we live and how it's changed in such a short period of time and how the rapid pace that it's going is not idly by and watches change. Without using the knowledge to stand our ground so that we can shift the way we want to go. Understand whatever path you have set forth in your life. We're going to take a music moment and come back with 
AI, Artificial Intelligence and the Advent of UBI, Universal Basic Income, Part 3. Blessings and grace.
blessings and grace. We have to find the strength to overcome, to move forward, to be able to be lifelong learners, to be able to adapt, understand. And so on, um, on um, CNBC, there was a big article by Stephen Hawking. Him, as well as Elon Musk, um, says that AI could be worst event in history of our civilization. Physicist Stephen Hawking said the emergence of artificial intelligence to be the worst event in the history of our civilization. He urged creators of AI to employ best practice and effective management. Hawking is among a number of voices, including Elon Musk, who have warned about the dangers of AI. And the emergence of artificial intelligence, um, you know, has taken over in so many different aspects. He made these comments during a talk at the Web Summit Technology Conference in Lisbon, Portugal, and he says computers can, in theory, emulate human intelligence and can exceed it. You know, Hawking talks of the potential of AI to help undo damage done to the natural world and to eradicate poverty and disease with every aspect of society being transformed. Um, success in creating effective AI could be the biggest event in the history of our civilization or the worst. You know, so we can't ignore it, you know, by, you know, and sideline it. Um, we have to be able to be optimistic. We have to always have hope and hope and faith in the frequency, you know, that good wins over evil, over sin. Physicists has warned of the dangers of AI, and he joins a chorus of other major voices in science and technology to speak about their concerns. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO, Elon Musk, recently said that AI could cause a third world war and even proposed that humans must merge with machines. Hmm. That's why he's making that, that, um, that veil, that latex veil that goes on the brain, you know, in order to remain relevant in the future. And others have proposed ways to deal with AI. Microsoft founder Bill Gates said robots should face income tax. So some major figures have argued against the doomsday scenarios. You know, Facebook chief executive Mark Zuckerberg said that he's really optimistic about the future of AI. So, you know, we have to look at what the ones that are directing the path of this saying about it. Because even though they've developed it, they've also seen the flaws and they don't want to let all the flaws out because it would stop the corporate gates, you know? And so that's why we have to be awake and aware. And so artificial intelligence, according to sfgate.com, may be soon able to build more AI. So then, you know, they'll be able to build themselves. With recent in both Silicon Valley and China, Jeff Dean, one of Google's leading engineers, spotlighted a Google project called AutoML. ML is short for machine learning, referring to computer algorithms that can learn to perform particular tasks on their own by analyzing data. AutoML, in turn, is a machine learning algorithm that learns to build other machine learning algorithms. So with it, Google may soon find a way to create AI technology that can partly take the humans out of building the AI systems that many believe are the future of the technology industry. 
the project is part of a much larger effort to bring the latest and greatest AI te- techniques to a wider collection of companies and software developers. There goes the corporate angle again, overstand. The tech industry is promising everything from smartphone apps that can recognize faces to cars that can drive on their own. But by some estimates, only 10,000 people worldwide have the education, experience, and talent needed to build the complex and sometimes mysterious mathematical algorithms that will drive this new breed of artificial intelligence. The world's largest tech businesses, including Google, Facebook, and Microsoft, sometimes pay millions of dollars a year to AI experts, effectively cornering the market for this hard-to-find talent. It isn't going away anytime soon, just because mastering these skills take years of work. And the industry is not willing to wait. Companies are developing all sorts of tools that will make it easier for any operation to build its own AI software, including things like image and speech recognition services and online chatbots. We are following the same path that community science has followed with every new type of technology, said Joseph Surish, a vice president at Microsoft, which recently unveiled a tool to help holders build deep neural networks, a type of algorithm that is driving much of the recent progress in AI. So he claims that they're eliminating a lot of the heavy lifting. You know, so researchers like Zane believe that if more people and companies are working on artificial intelligence, it will propel their own research. At the same time, companies like Google, Amazon, and Microsoft see serious money and the trend that Sirush described. All of them are selling cloud computing services that can help other businesses and developers build AI. There's a real demand for this, said, said um, Matt Scott. He's the co-founder of Cheeks, technical officer of Meilong, a startup in China that offers similar services. And the tools are not yet satisfying all the demand. What Google has in mind for AutoML, machine learning, as the Mountain View company continues to hail the projects in progress. So it just, it just cuts out the human intelligence factor right there. And even building and having control over the algorithm and how deep they go. You know? That's a lot. So advancing automation means need to embrace lifelong learning. We have to embrace lifelong learning. And on... um, you, you you cannot be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, you know, and reinvent yourself. We have to be able to, to, you know, step out of what others have categorized as our lives to be and how we should be into what we need to be. Be you until you're full. You have to expand your horizons and your awareness because the world is in ways that we can't even, you know, imagine. And so now um, AI technology companies are targeting the replacement of what's estimated to be 50% of current employees in in the finance sector, just in the finance sector, over the next 10 years. 50%, and this is on entrepreneur.com, 
targeting the replacement of what's estimated to be up to 50% of current employees in the finance sector over the next 10 years. We would have considered these types of jobs safe from automation only a few years ago. According to the University of Oxford researchers, 47% of workers may be at risk of losing their jobs to automation. In particular, those in mid-skilled retail jobs, office workers like cashiers, and telemarketers. A recent McKinsey report predicted that a smaller percentage of jobs would be at risk of being completely replaced by machines, but pointed out that, that the majority of jobs would see some of their tasks replaced by automation. In other words, we're all going to feel the impact of AI in some way, and our skills aren't keeping pace. The sheer number of both soft skills and technical skills already required by most modern companies is exploding. At the same time, the skills of people do pick up remain relevant for a shorter and shorter amount of time because everything's always new again. You know, now we have ML, we have AI, we have ML, auto ML. AI only accelerates this trend. We've crossed the threshold where the timed obsolescence for skills is shorter than for a single career. So the idea of a single career over there is now is now kind of obsolete. So people need to adapt faster than ever, and this could have enormous consequences, including widespread unemployment and devastating disruption to parts of the global economy. So one easily imaginable scenario, in the United States, there are approximately 3.5 million truck drivers. Suppose a truck company could retrofit a truck for $30,000 to make it into a reliable, safe, autonomous vehicle. That would, in one time cost, and the cost would be less than the annual salary of a truck driver. Once that scenario became possible, the industry would likely overhaul its fleet extremely rapidly because that's no health insurance, that's no time and sick leave, that's no memos, no unions. Understand what's happening. And what would those 3.5 million former truck drivers do then? What about today's taxi drivers and the Uber and Lyft drivers? In fact, it's entirely possible that we will still have taxi drivers in the streets protesting Uber when Uber drivers take to the streets to start protesting autonomous vehicles. You know, so you have to reinvent education and skills development. To do this robot proofing, we need to approach education and training that supports ongoing learning and that is flexible and engaging. Uh, and an and approach that suits the needs of all kinds of people. You know, unfortunately, our career model of education is aimed primarily at training young people at the beginning of their careers when learning is their full-time occupation. It's a model that, by and large, is built around the notion of seat time. You need 40 credits to graduate. You need to spend a certain amount of hours in the classroom listening to a professor. That's fine if you have lots of time to spend. But as AI accelerates, continually update skills. Time is quickly becoming a scarce commodity. You know, so one direction might be to change what people study. Increasingly, the humans can add stems from innovation and creativity, seeing connections and seemingly unrelated things. You know, so emphasizing cross-disciplinary knowledge could fuel these creative connections to support that goal. 
And some universities are already reorienting their departments around real-world career areas instead of narrow academic disciplines. See, now that the game has changed, it seems to me they're going back to the way it was as far as education. Because, see, what they did for years was that they gave us pieces to the puzzle, but they didn't show us how the puzzle worked. So now they want to give you the puzzle and give you other ones to go with it, so now you can make a whole big canvas. Understand. So Arizona State University has created a wide range of career-focused departments, such as School of Earth and Space Exploration, which incorporates elements of earth sciences, astrophysics, and environmental engineering. We also need to shift where we place the responsibility for learning. When we were very young, our parents are responsible for our education. Later, that responsibility shifts to our teachers. Instead, we need a model where individuals are supported in taking responsibility for their own lifelong education, even after graduation. And companies need to take responsibility for continually providing opportunities for their employees to, you know, develop. You know, so if your place of employment is offering that or if you have a union that offers technology classes, I suggest, you know, start start taking those classes on the side now, you know, looking at what naturally comes to you creatively. But the most I put in you to express and develop that. Because when you're working on what you do naturally, it doesn't feel like work. It's an exploration of self and your, you know, enjoyment with the most high and, you know, glorifying the gift that's within you, and you happen to get paid for that, right? So the most important thing is to be able to learn to adapt. Be prepared to adapt. You know, though high-level projections anticipate jobs that are being replaced by AI is more likely that they'll be displaced or augmented. So instead of your boss firing you and putting a machine in your place, They'll 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 probably promote you and put you in charge of operating the machine that did what you used to do. You know, of course, not everyone will be cut out for these kind of transformations. Some people will be reluctant to change, and others will have a hard time learning the new technology. If you want to survive in the job market, you need to be better than that. You got to find that strength. You need to be flexible and roll with the punches. Learn everything you can about the new tech in your industry into multiple career options. Are the machines coming for your job? Almost certainly, but that's no reason to fear. Machines will probably take your job or at least make the attempt, but that just means you can transform your job, work alongside the machine, and find a new role entirely. You know? And that's the thing. You have to be able to transform on these people. (laughs) Okay? You have that ability. And so according to um according to the F the the future of work community blog, the five industries being most affected by um and the future of work forum is in New York City, by the way, and they have a community. It's um fowcommunity.com, the future of work. Industries being most affected by artificial intelligence. So those five industries are healthcare. Major medical and pharmaceutical companies are already harnessing the power of artificial intelligence with great results. 
Johnson & Johnson's to this system has received FDA approval to automatically deliver anesthesia for standard procedures like colonoscopies. So they're going to use a machine to deliver anesthesia. Standard procedures like colonoscopies. A doctor oversees multiple machines at once, making the cost much less human anesthesiologist. There are also numerous robots in various stages of testing and approval for diagnosing disease. In some cases, such as with IBM's Watson, these machines have a higher accuracy rate for diagnosis than human doctors, as mentioned earlier. Also, manufacturing. Manufacturing is one of the first industries to harness artificial intelligence. And by using robots to assemble products and package them for shipment, new robotic developments will take things to the next level by being able to assemble more complicated items, such as electronics, cars, and even some homes. And although many artificial intelligence-driven production lines will still need human support and supervision, we are headed toward a largely robotic manufacturing industry. You know, and transportation, one of the most populous industries is also one of the most at risk to be replaced by artificial intelligence. And the technology behind self-driving cars can be applied to public transportation, delivery drivers, and more decrease. And, and they see that as decreasing the risk of accidents and alleviating traffic congestion and lowering energy costs. And self-driving cars are in testing and early production for companies like Google, Telsa, and Uber. Um, personal self-driving cars are expected to be on the market by 2018 with commercial applications not far behind. So that's 2018. The personal self-driving cars are expected to hit the market. And um, while transportation workers may need to look elsewhere for work, Morgan Stanley predicts that driverless cars will save the U.S. $1.3 trillion a year by 2035 to 2050 for a global annual savings of $5.6 trillion. And customer service. For developments in personalization and human interaction, artificial intelligence is more efficient than ever in customer service. A leader in automated customer service is Digital Genius, which helps, cut, which, which helps all these different companies automate basic text questions and answer chats with customers and even harness natural language processing and machine learning to create reactionary, friendly robots that mimic human speech patterns to provide service that is quick and easy for consumers and much less expensive for companies. And finance, with the rapidly increasing amount of financial data, many financial service companies are turning to artificial intelligence to keep up with the demand. Robots can use predictive systems and market data to forecast stock trends and manage finances, often much quicker than their human counterparts. Even financial advice is becoming automated with growing trends toward robo-advisors that automatically dispense advice and suggestions to financial clients, especially those with relatively simple financial problems. Robots can use a variety of algorithms to provide recommendations that best meets the client's spending and saving and investment habits. So, you know, Workers and consumers of these industries will no doubt see big changes in the coming years and decades. By forecasting and planning for artificial intelligent growth, companies and customers alike should be able to make the robotic transition as smooth as possible. This is what they're saying. You know, you have to be able to transform. You know, when I was young, 
in my early 20s, you know, that was the job to have, customer service, executive assistant, administrative assistant, you know. (laughs) That will all be automated. And on CNBC, it says artificial intelligence will replace half of all jobs in the next decade. You know, um, it's the wave of the future. The influential technologist told CNBC, calling it the singular thing that will be larger than all of human tech revolutions added together, including electricity, the industrial revolution, internet, mobile internet, because AI is pervasive. It is, a, it is the decision engine that will replace people, Lee said, adding that AI capabilities far exceed those of humanity. For example, he said companies in which his firm has invested can accomplish feats, such as recognizing 3 million faces at the same time or dispersing loans in seconds. These are things that are superhuman, and we think this will be in every industry and will probably replace 50% of human jobs, create a huge amount of wealth for mankind, and wipe out poverty, Lee said. Later adding that he expected 10 years. So they expect the displacement to occur within the next 10 years. You know, and so the question is, Will your job be safe? I mentioned this on um, the previous podcast, but I will again. It's called replacedbyrobot.info. Replacedbyrobot, one word, dot info. And so you just type in your job title. They do have alphabetical index as well. But you just type in your job title, and you'll be able to see, according to um, an academic publication by the Oxford Martin School, Around 50% of all U.S. jobs are at risk of being automated and replaced by robots. If you would ever ask yourself, will a robot replace my job, search below and check if your job will be taken over by automation and robots. The simple website, replacedbyrobot.info. So you can know which way you have to go, you know, and what it is you need to do to make it to the next level. And just recently on ChinaDaily.com, a Chinese robot became the world's first machine to pass a medical exam. So now this robot is a doctor. So the artificial intelligence-enabled robot can automatically capture and analyze patient information and make initial diagnosis. It will be used to assist doctors to improve efficiency in future treatments. This is part of a broader effort by China to accelerate the applications of AI in healthcare, consumer electronics, and other industries. So unlike the United States tech company, IBM's AI-enabled Watson system, which only focuses on the treatment of cancer and major diseases, the iFlyTech is stepping up to push to explore how to use AI to both cure cancer and to train general practitioners. So now they want to use the, they want to use the robots to train general practitioners. Like this is really real. And so what's happening as a reaction of this is that um, the largest basic income experience experiment in history has just launched in Kenya. But even though they they're saying it's the largest, it's because it's affecting 40 different villages within Kenya. But what I don't like about it is that compared to the other um, basic income experience, 
experiments that are going on across the world, they're getting such a meager amount. So beginning November 13th, 40 villages, roughly around 6,000 people, will receive $22.50 per month. No strings attached for 12 years. Can you imagine $22.50 per month? At the same time, 80 different villages will get the same amount for just two years. Another 80 will get a lump sum equal to the two-year amount, and 100 villages will get no money. You know, so they're starting this around the world, and they're heralding this experiment in Kenya, you know, as the largest because it's affecting so many people, but it's the people of color that is getting this amount. Meanwhile, um, a town in California plans to give residents $500 a month. This is, you know, universal basic income. This is on InsideHook.com. You know, so a couple of years ago, Time, Time called Stockton, California, America's most miserable city. Now under the, the leadership of the 27-year-old mayor, Michael Tubbs, on the verge to be the first U.S. city to experiment with universal basic income, UBI, a social security that would provide unconditional cash payments to everyone. But others places have dabbled with the concept of UBI, including nearby Oakland, they've all been private programs. Tubbs Project, which has, which has already secured $1 million in funding from the tech industry linked economic security project, will be regulated by the city government, and all information gleaned from it will be reported quickly. So they'll be getting $500 a month in Stockton. And this is just a basic overview of what's going on with the universal basic income and how they feel that this may be the answer to automation. You know, so the robot-to-worker ratios are rising rapidly in factories around the world, um, in Korea, Japan, Germany, China, and in the United States. And so they're saying that the developing world is at most risk. So Ethiopia, 88% of the are at risk in Ethiopia. In Nepal, 80% of the jobs are at risk. In El Salvador, 75% of the jobs are at risk. In China, 77%. In India, 69%. And the global average of jobs at risk is 57%. And so the developed world isn't much better. In Las Vegas alone, 49% of the jobs are at risk. In Fresno, California, 53% in Los Angeles, 47%. In Houston, Texas, 45% of the jobs are at risk. In San Francisco, 41%. And in New York, 40%. You know, and so the problem is bigger than manufacturing. So, like, insurance underwriter, they have 99% of the people that are insurance underwriters, they're at risk. Construction laborer, 88%. Construction alone. 88% of the jobs are at risk. Truck driver, 79%. Mail carrier, 68% of the jobs are at risk. Fast food cook, 97% of the jobs are at risk. Farm laborer, 97% of the jobs are at risk. So it's not just in, you know, one area. And so there are case studies going on in Alaska and also in Namibia, and as, as I mentioned before, in Kenya, and in Finland, 
you know, in Finland, they're also getting 550 euro monthly wage for 10,000 working adults. And in Switzerland, they're getting $2,623 a month. Can you imagine? $2,623 a month in Switzerland. On March 11th, the Swiss Ministry of Social Security revealed that it would cost just $25 billion to provide the UBI to the country. And on June 5th, the Swiss government will vote on the referendum that could give citizens as much as $2,623 per month. And so in the, in the Netherlands, they're giving, their city, they're giving their citizens in four cities $980. And so that's why I was so insulted by the ones in Kenya getting $22.50 a month. And they're heralding it like it's this big fee. Even with the universal basic income, it's not universal. Understand? So, but there's... Um, ones have already been practicing this, the Native Americans, you know, they've used that. Um, The Cherokee Indians opened a casino, and um, they have roughly about 15,000 tribal members, and the first payouts that they received were like $5.95 each, and so now they receive roughly $12,000, you know, um, on a regular basis, and so if one's used it in the way it's supposed to be used, like, for example, you know, the lottery, the proceeds from that is supposed to go to education, but it's not being used toward that. So the, so the bigger lesson and the bigger picture is you cannot depend, right, on outward things to protect you. You have to be able to adapt and find a way to robot-proof yourself and, you know, the different careers that you can see yourself doing and looking at your age as well and how, you know, you can set yourself up every 10 years, plan your work and work your plan and look at what you're really capable of and what it is you think, you know, will bring you joy because that's something that you can throw yourself in wholeheartedly you know, and really see what it is you like. So the least safest jobs, again, a telemarketer, loan officer, cashier, a paralegal or legal assistant, anybody that works in fast food, you know. um, Some of the safer jobs are, you know, what what I thought was funny was clergy. And a lot of these different um, articles are promoting working in the clergy, because with all of this automation, you know, are are becoming more spiritual, because what are they going to do with themselves? How are they going to, you know, it's because most people define themselves by their job. I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a chef, I'm a writer, I'm a cook, I'm a waitress, you know, we have to redefine who we are based around our gifts and talents and have that be something that brings us, you know, financial gifts. And that's really important that we figure out what those things are. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace. Please. 
them, no till living, no till living. Them now go cross the border, call them out full of sin, yo. No till living, no till living. Them a watch we and a chat we and a do the same thing, yeah. No till living, no till living. Them now go cross the border, call them out full of sin, yo. No till living, no till living. No till living, no till living. Them now live good, them now live right. Every day them get up and a chat and bite Want to be dead, no want to be up life Instead of live up and rise with the sunlight Them rather peace war, them rather broke fight And the truth not even in a them sight But the living means bad time, it means grudgeful It means you mean and you're awful Just the living, just the living Them now the cross the border call them artful laughing Just the living, just the living them a watch we and a chat we and a do the same thing, yo. Got the living, got the living, yo. Them now go cross the border, call them hardcore laughing, yo. Got the living, got the living, got the living, got the living. Gotta watch the people you walk with, talk with, what you do. Gotta understand that sometimes they are just not good for you. They will stab you in your back, and that's the fact. Know your company. Try to watch the people you walk with and talk with what you do. Answer, don't let nobody hold you down. The enemies they all surround. Taking a bite of your flesh as they tell you you are the best. Them a liar, so we are gonna burn them down. Don't let them take you for the clown. Be ahead of your game with truth and right. We are put them to shame. The closest to you could be your enemy. Real friends are better than pocket money. Yeah, the thief and knows it all. Even when you're back against the wall. Try to watch the people you walk with and talk with what you do. Try to understand that sometimes they are just not good for you. the people you walk with and talk with what you do. Hey, this is a medley. Ooh, it's clear angel
Blessings and grace, and we're back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. So I start off this evening with the rawstory.com. Um, photo of deported veterans. Get those two words together. Deported veterans. Saluting U.S. flag goes viral. So they're taking this immigration situation to the next level. They are deporting veterans. A photo of several deported veterans went viral over the weekend as the U.S. celebrated Veterans Day on Saturday. The photo was taken by photojournalist Enrica Martinez for the Agency France Press News Agency. The photo depicts a group of several Mexican men who served in the U.S. military in order to become citizens but were denied and deported. The soldiers protested on Memorial Day this year in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, Worldwide, there are approximately 230 people who served in the U.S. military to gain citizenship but were denied, according to NBC News in May. Many of us believe that they should be allowed to become citizens, said said Representative Joaquin Castro of Texas to NBC News. Many, if not most, were legal permanent residents. Many, if not most, were legal permanent residents who were eligible to become citizens and perhaps never applied, but they were already legal permanent residents. They stood up for their country and put their lives on the line. Castro and several other lawmakers visited Mexico to meet with deported veterans early this year. So serving in the military does not automatically confer citizenship, but it was supposed to make the process easier. So they are deporting veterans. Can you imagine? And on yahoo.com, African migrants seeking Europe sold as slaves for $200. African migrants trying to reach Europe are being sold into slavery in Libya. In Libya. Burn fire on the ones in Libya, including for sex, as little as $200. International monitors said Tuesday, citing testimony from victims, having paid human traffickers in the hope of finding a better life, Many instead were held hostage and their families extorted for ransom. The International Organization for Migration said the slave market conditions and detention were increasingly common, increasingly common as criminal gangs sought to cash in. Selling human beings is becoming a trend among smugglers as smuggling networks in Libya are becoming stronger. Osman Besebi of IOM's chief mission in Libya told reporters in Geneva, migrants are being sold in markets as commodity at a going rate of between $200 and $500 a head, he said. $200 and $500 a head. While some migrants sold this way managed to escape, many wallowed in captivity for months before being bought free or sold on. The U.N. agency could not provide statistics. So what's the point of the U.N.? Over how many people were affected but relied on accounts provided to its staff on the ground. In one case, a Sinhalese migrant identified as SC told the IOM staff he had been held captive for months after he made the perilous journey to Libya. After paying a trafficker more than $300 to arrange for him to be driven through the desert, he was apparently conned when he arrived in Libya with a truck driver saying that the trafficker never paid him the money. They have sex slaves. They have all of this horribleness. And, you know, it's happening 
25 other Gambians were taken to a prison in Libya, and they were beaten every day for nine months. You know, we have to send prayers over to Libya to free that energy over there that's constraining and confounding and selling people. This is horrible to think that this is happening in 2017. Two and $500. And the UN's aware. But nobody's busting it up with all this new AI technology. How come it's not getting busted up and stopped? And on some positive news, a black lottery winner uses his fortune to help rebuild Florida's black business community. This is a wonderful, wonderful news story. A South Florida man who won $52 million, $52 million in the lottery back in 2010, using his winnings, He's using his winnings now today to rebuild one of Fort Lauderdale's oldest African-American communities. According to CBS Miami, Miguel Prigram is putting his money back into his community with the hopes of restoring Sistrunk Boulevard, which was a booming center of black business and culture almost 50 years ago. Sistrunk was known for music, food, and a lot of other experiences, he said. I would like to jumpstart that. He's currently converting a vacant building on the corner of Northwest 15th Street and Sistrunk Boulevard into a new restaurant and blues club. He also has plans to renovate um, three-story building across tail stores, lofts, and also a performing arts center. For me, it's about preserving the community as a whole, he told reporters. There's a need, and in my mind, an obligation to invest there. So for those, you know, that are blessed, it's just it's, it's just a wonder to hear that he's now being a blessing. You you don't hear that too often with these lottery winners. You always hear like they have it on A and E those um, horror stories. That, you know, everyone that wins the lottery gets murdered and killed. Maybe if they use the money for the greater good, you know, that might not have happened to them to that degree. And on NaturalNews.com, Prince William argues for urgent depopulation efforts. In Africa. Can you imagine? Prince William argues for urgent depopulation efforts in Africa. William recently warned that the population growth in Africa is putting a tremendous amount of pressure on the natural world and driving many species of animals into extinction. This is horrific. Africa's rapidly growing human population is predicted to be more than doubled by 2050. But this just so happens that their population is reducing. So it's not that we're growing rapidly. We're growing the way we're supposed to grow. So um, a staggering increase of 3.5 million people per month, Prince William explained, during a recent event hosted by the Tusk Trust a charity that is committed to protecting African wildlife. There is no question that this increase puts wildlife and habitat under enormous pressure. So in order to save the wildlife and habitat, we must depopulate Africa. Blessed ones. According to the Telegraph, Prince William continued, urbanization, infrastructure, development, cultivation, and all good things in themselves, but they will have a terrible impact unless we begin to plan and take measures now, he added. We're going to have to work much harder and think much deeper 
Do you see why we have to work harder and think deeper, one? Because he's saying we're going to have to work much harder and think deeper. If we are to ensure that human beings and the other species of animals with which we share this planet can continue to coexist. Mm-mm-mm. If that's not clear to ones, I don't know what is. For many, the Duke of Cambridge words serve as a stark reminder of what his grandfather once said, that in order to curb population growth, we may have to resort to voluntary family limitation. You know, so they have this whole idea of population control. And so now it's so funny that it, now this was just reported on November 6, 2017. And so now there's a plague breaking out in Africa. There's a plague. And it's called the Black Death the warning that a new black death plague outbreak in Africa is not a natural phenomenon, but actually an engineered depopulation bioweapon. This black, I mean, there's a, a horrid plague, and it's killing people within three hours. Within three hours. And this is on the dailystar.co.uk. Within three hours. And this was published 10 days later on November 16th. The new Black Death Plague strain can kill in just three hours as lethal disease goes airborne. 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 This disease has already killed more than 171 people in Madagascar alone, with thousands more confirmed cases across East Africa, across the East African country. Malawi became the 10th neighboring nation to be placed on high alert following the deadly outbreak of the disease, which wiped out a third of the medieval population. The epidemic accounted for more than 50 million deaths across Europe during the 15th century. So how is the 15th century plague coming back in 2017? Madagascar's health authorities have installed medical checkpoints across the parts. So now they're having medical checkpoints across parts of the capital city in anti-Antoninarivio in an attempt to curb the spread of the plague. This is pneumonic plague, the Black Death. Pneumonic plague or lung-based plague has always fatal and infected individuals if left untreated. A local news crew following one health worker in the stricken city heard doctors informing residents that the new strain of the disease can kill in three hours. Earlier this week, infection and immunity expert Dr. Matthew Avison told the Daily Star Online that the extremely rare disease has been resilient antibiotics. A, a, a spokesperson for the World Health Organization admitted that there were fears that this strain of plague, which is now believed to be airborne, could cause a global outbreak of the disease. So the Black Death hits Madagascar. The, the medieval plague decimates the African coast. The plague death toll has risen to 143 in the world ones. We have to just really stay 
in line. We can know which way to go and how to flow in this world of of unseen craziness. Plagues from 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 the medieval times. Having a resurgence. How? Why? Disgusting. And so now on freethoughtproject.com, the police can now request your DNA without your consent or knowledge via the Ancestry websites. See, all of that 23andMe and get your DNA and swap, now the police can request your DNA without your consent or knowledge. So if the police want your DNA, you don't have to give them permission for them to access it. And you won't even know if they got it at all. So sending a sample of your DNA through the post may seem like a harmless and novel way of tracing your ancestry, and millions of Americans have already done so, but there's a more sinister side to this relatively new enterprise. If you're suspected of a crime, police can, if they have a warrant, request access to your DNA profile from both Ancestry and 23andMe websites. The latter was received five requests for customer information from law enforcement, although the company says it didn't comply with any of these requests. As the five requests resulting in zero information provided indicates, we resist all these requests. But now they have the right. Ancestry.com, however, has complied with such requests. Of the nine made by authorities for customer info in 2016. The company provided information in eight of the cases, according to the company's transparency report. Question information and get it. Your DNA information, that is, without you even knowing from Ancestry.com if you use that website. And um, apparently 23andMe will be caving in shortly. And on some positive news, on theblackloop.com, the interesting fact about how slaves use cornrow hair braiding to escape. Overstand, the cornrow hair braiding. Hair braiding has always been an intricate part of African-American culture. Thanks to technology and social media, people over the world have the opportunity to share hair braiding tips with the world. If you look for hair braiding images on on, um, Google or social media, you're bound to find millions of of, um, photos along with tons of tutorials. But a lot of people don't know the real history behind hair braiding or what the fascinating technique was used for. It was a form of communication. According to a previous report by the Washington Post, hair braiding dates back to the times of Colombian slavery. Hair braiding techniques were actually used as a form of communication. During an interview with the publication, Zamora Esprila Garcia shares details about the extensive Colombian history. Now, these are the Africans that were in Colombia, mind you, by sharing the details about her humble beginnings with her mother, who taught her to braid at the age of eight. While representing the Afro-Colombian women of Choco at the Smithsonian Folk Life Festival, she recalled how she became interested and hair braiding, and she was always curious and captivated with the way her mother moved her hands. So Colombian slavery dates back to the 16th century, when most of the slaves were brought to the areas by the Spaniards, and a vast majority of the slaves settled near the coastal area of the region where the sugar plantations were operating. 
But luckily, many of those slaves managed to escape and relocate to geographically remote locations that many people thought were uninhabitable. However, the slaves managed to make something out of nothing, building communities and thriving in those areas. It is said that hair braiding was widely credited for helping slaves escape. At the time, women would braid a hairstyle known as the partes, overstand the part, to signal that they wanted to escape. It had thick, tight braids braided closely to the scalp that was tied into a bun at the top, Garcia said. She continued to explain that the types of braids, styles, and how slaves were to create escape plans. And another style had curved braids, tightly braided on their head. The curved braids represent the roads that they would use to escape. In the braids, they also kept gold and hid seeds, which along the run helped them survive after they escaped. You know, so this is a wonderful thing that's being shared. And it takes pride and heritage. It was not only like the spirituals that we sang that, you know, explain the road to freedom for those that had eyes to ear. Um, eyes to see and ears to hear, it was also the hair braiding that led to the roads and the rivers overstand it would be done in your daughter's hair. <laughs> and also on some positive news, if for, um, for ones that are wishing to stay here in the United States, there are nine places in America that will pay you to move there. Nine places in America that will pay you to move there. So it's not just small towns that hope to draw more people to them with these different kinds of programs that are going on right now. So in Tribune, Kansas, by paying off up to 15000 worth of student loans over five years, if you move to Tribune, Kansas, they'll pay off $15,000 worth of your student loans over five years. The Rural Opportunity Zone Program, hopes to draw younger people to towns like Tribune, Kansas, located in Kansas's least populated counties. And this is on sfgate.com. That's San Francisco gate.com. So we needed young people in our community, and so we were looking for opportunities to bring them. That's a wonderful idea, you know. And also in Marne, Iowa, only 45 minutes away from Omaha, this Iowa town will give you free land to build on. If you want a house on it, that's at least 1,200 square feet. In Marn, Iowa, which is 45 minutes away from Omaha, this Iowa town will give you free land to build on. If you build a house on it, that's at least 1,200 square feet. Understand? Also in Curtis, Nebraska, in Curtis, Nebraska, if you build a single-family house in Curtis, Nebraska, within a certain time frame, you can get the lot of land it's built on for free. In the town's Rolling Hills edition near the Arrowhead Meadows Golf Course, so they'll give you a certain time frame that you have to build a house, and then if, if you do it within that time frame, you get the lot of land that it's on for free. And in Harmony, Minnesota, the incentive to build homes in this town, the Harmony Economic Development Authority, has a program that will give you a cash rebate based on the final estimated market value of the new house. There are no restrictions on age or income levels, and the rebates typically range between $5,000 and $12,000. And also in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore is not a small town, 
but the city's two programs that encourage people to buy homes are worth considering. If you qualify, buying into Baltimore will give you 5000 forgivable five-year loan, a $5,000 forgivable five-year loan, while the Vacants to Value Booster Program will give you a $10,000 for a down payment and closing costs if you buy a property that is considered to be distressed or formally, or formally distressed. Okay, so in Baltimore, they have buying into Baltimore, they'll give you $5,000, forgivable five-year loan, and also Vacants to Value Booster, Vacants to Value Booster Program, $1,000 for a down payment and closing costs if you buy a property that's considered to be de-stressed or formally, or formally distressed. And also in New Haven, Connecticut, while New Haven is also not a small town, its program for new homeowners can add up to $80,000 if you consider the $10,000 forgivable five-year loan for first-time homebuyers and a $30,000 renovation assistance and also $40,000 toward college tuition. Can you imagine? Yes, you can because it's real. In New Haven, Connecticut, they will give you $10,000 of forgivable five-year loan for first-time buyers, $30,000 in renovation assistance, and $40,000 toward college tuition. That's in New Haven, Connecticut. And in Alaska, there are, two, there are so many programs. There are a lot of programs in Alaska to encourage people to move there, um, not to mention just one town. So if you finance an energy-efficient home, um, the entire state has an interest rate reduction program for you, but also Alaska offers programs to encourage veterans and live-in caretakers of physically or mentally disabled residents to move there. So they need caretakers, and um, they'll help you move there and, you know, give you a subsidy while you're there. And also in Colorado, if you have a permanent disability, Colorado has a program that will help you finance your first home. If you have a permanent disability, Colorado will help you finance your first home. The state also offers down payment assistance grants to everyone that offers up 4% of a first mortgage with no repayment necessary. And um, last but not least, Wyoming. If you like fixer-uppers, consider Wyoming. The Wyoming Rehabilitation and Acquisition Program takes foreclosures and abandoned houses and, after rehabbing them, puts them back on the market for low-income households. The state also offers another program that, that encourages people to fix up older homes that need more than 15000 worth of repairs. So if it's an older home and it needs more than 15000 and it's in Wyoming, they'll help you pay to get that old shack looking new. So for ones that are interested in sticking around and making it work, there are places out here willing to pay you to stay put and come where they're at and make it work. We're going to take a music moment and come back to acknowledge blessings and grace.
can't take my soul, you know?
Blessings and grace as we move forward into technology. On umich.edu, they now have a Kevlar-based artificial cartilage that mimics the magic of the real thing. An unparalleled liquid strength of cartilage, which is about 80% water, withstands some of the toughest forces in our body. Synthetic materials couldn't match it until Kevlar cartilage was developed by researchers at the University of Michigan and Jiangnan University. We now know what consists mostly of water, all life does, and yet our bodies have a lot of structural stability, said Nicholas Koltoff and Joseph B. and Florence V., professor of engineering at UM, who led the study. Understanding cartilage is understanding how life forms can combine properties that are sometimes unthinkable together. Many people with joint injuries would benefit from good replacement for cartilage, such as 850,000 patients in the U.S. who undergo surgeries, removing or replacing cartilage in the knee. While other varieties of synthetic cartilage are already undergoing clinical trials, these materials fall into two camps that choose between cartilage attributes unable to achieve that likely combination of strength and water content. The other synthetic materials that mimic the physical properties of cartilage don't contain enough water to transport the nutrients to the cells need to thrive. So meanwhile, the hydrocells, which incorporate water into a network of long, flexible molecules, can be designed with enough water to support the growth of the chondrocyte cells that build up natural cartilage. Yet those hydrocells aren't especially strong. They tear under strain a fraction of what cartilage can handle. So now the new Kevlar-based hydrogel recreates the magic of cartilage by combining a network of tough nanofibers from Kevlar. Okay? (laughs) They have tough new nanofibers from Kevlar. So the synthetic cartilage boosts the same mechanism releasing water under stress and later recovering by absorbing water like a sponge. See, they're mimicking us, you know, and so we have to encompass us (laughs) because they're studying us. Overstand. They're really playing God. And on ACSH.org, American Council on Science and Health, ACSH.org, the world's first cloned dog has been cloned again. Okay, so Dolly the sheep, the world's first cloned animal, died young at the age of six. So now Snuppy, who was named after the Seoul National University in South Korea, was born in 2005, and he was cloned of an Afghan hound who lived to be 12 years old and died from cancer. So Snuppy, in turn, lived to be 10 years old and also died from cancer, although not the same kind that killed 
So the median life of, of um, Afghan hounds is around 11.9 years, and the dogs commonly died from cancer, so there was nothing unusual about Snuppy. So in 2010, when Snuppy was five, the researchers collected stem cells from him, see the stem cells, and they also collected egg cells from female dogs whose nuclei were removed using a process called somatic cell nuclear transfer. So they removed the nuclei. So the nuclei from Snuppy's donor cells were transferred into eggs, and 94 embryos were created. And these embryos were implanted into the surrogate mothers and gave birth to four reclones. So they reclone and the reclones. Okay? And then also, on money.cnn.com, the future of getting dressed. They, they have AI, VI, and smart fabric. So if algorithms do their job well, people will spend less time thinking about what to wear. You know, so the smart fabric and virtual reality technology is poised to breathe innovation into not only how we dress, but how we shop. So the most recognizable example was Amazon's Eco Look, which received significant buzz when it was announced early this year. And the gadget is $200 and served as a style assistant to help you decide to wear. You know, and so a new app backed by, um, they have other, you know, companies embracing augmented and virtual realities to help people decide. One is called Obsessed. You know, Google Daydream VR headset has partnered with Vera, Vera Bradley to roll out VR experiences in, in um, 10 of its different stores. You know, this whole augmenting reality is really going into the commercial level. And the U.S. Um, and the FDA on UPI.com, the FDA seeks to speed development of regenerated organs to medical use. The FDA seeks to speed development of regenerated organs for medical use. Thursday, Thursday November 16th, um, using stem cells to grow new heart tissue and even whole organs used to be the stuff of science fiction, but the field of regenerative medicine is a reality now. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has its eye on it, the agency's head set on Thursday. In the last decade, we've seen improbable advances that hold out great hope for patients. FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb said in the agency news release, I believe with the ability to facilitate the regeneration of parts of the human body, we're bearing witness to the beginning of a paradigm shift and the practice of medicine. For example, over the past few years, scientists and physicians have developed tissue, engineered skin for transplant, bladders grown from patients' own cells, and tissues grown to repair ailing hearts or failing knees, according to the U.S. National Institutes of Health. But Gottlieb said that along with all this good comes bad. Companies, again, the corporate angle, seeking to exploit consumers are already popping up across the United States. Stem cell clinics promising pricey cures that they can't deliver to desperate patients. The rapid growth and promise of this field has increasingly sowed the ground for the entry of some unscrupulous actors who have opportunistically seized on the clinical potential of regenerative medicine to make deceptive claims to patients about unproven and, in some cases, dangerous products. By exploiting the lack of consumer understanding of this area, as well as the fear and uncertainties posed by the diseases these bad actors claim to treat, they're jeopardizing the, the 
the advance and the legitimacy of the entire field, he explained. So now they're rolling out a regulatory framework aimed at encouraging and speeding legitimate development of regenerative therapies that do work while stamping out firms offering bogus treatments. So the FDA intends to promote the least burdensome rules, the least burdensome rules for companies big and small that are seeking to develop new therapies while ensuring patient safety. Our policy will allow product manufacturers to time that time to engage with the FDA to determine if they need to submit a marketing authorization application and if so, seek guidance on how to submit their application to the FDA for approval. So regenerated organs are on the market, FDA approved. On dailyaccord.com, scientists have created programmable shape-shifting liquid metal. Scientists have created programmable shape-shifting liquid metal. This is on dailyaccord.com. Researchers at the University of Sussex and Swansea University have applied electrical charges to manipulate liquid metal into 2D shapes, such as letters and a heart. The team says bindings represent an extremely promising new class of materials that can be programmed to seamlessly change shape. So, I mean, the age of the transformer is here. This opens up a new possibility in soft robotics and shape-changing displays, the researchers said. So while, while, while the invention might bring to mind the film Terminator 2, in which the villain morphs out of a pool of liquid metal, the creation of 3D shapes is still some way off. So more immediate applications could include reprogrammable circuit boards as well as conductive ink. Mm. Yukata Takuda, and research associate working on the project at the University of Sussex says this new class of programmable materials in a liquid state, which can dynamically transform from a simple droplet shape to many other complex geometry in a controllable manner. Wow. While this work is in its early stages, the compelling evidence of, de- of detailed 2D control of liquid metals excites us to explore more potential applications in computer graphics, smart electronics, soft robotics, and flexible displays. So they have created programmable, shape-shifting liquid metal. We are moving forward. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace. I'm counting my soul enough. Dear God, please make me into a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Dear God, please make me into a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Every day I rise on a fire. Free. 
Some may juggle everywhere. Sometimes they make a move, me can't find no bus fare. But look for mama die, she say nothing no dead ear. Bandy you them face, I see the pain.
Blessings and grace are acknowledging. And this natural drink will cleanse your lungs very fast. And every smoker and ex-smoker should try it. And this is on AlternativeHealthUniverse.com. AlternativeHealthUniverse.com. It's a natural drink that will cleanse your lungs quickly. One of the most addictive habits people have nowadays is definitely smoking. It affects the person's health, their complete health. And it also damages every organ inside the body, and any function within the body becomes disturbed. Still, even many people are aware of its bad effects, they continue smoking. Giving up this habit can be extremely difficult. Okay, so um, more than 16 million people have a medical condition caused by smoking only in the U.S. The younger population is especially addicted. It's very dangerous because the side effects from smoking can even be life-threatening. As we as um, already mentioned, you should try to give it up, even though it's difficult. And so it's composed of ingredients, the drink, that is, that you already have at home, like onions and ginger and turmeric, all of them abundant in health benefits that are extremely good for your health. Onions are full of cancer, anti-cancer properties, and have the ability to inhibit the spreading of carcinogenic gels. 
cells. And ginger possesses stomach-soothing properties, can eliminate the excess water retention that's common, that's really common appearance in smokers. And turmeric is very healthy spice that is mostly used in Indian cuisine, and it's widely known for its amazing medicinal properties and its nutritional profile. So the drink is turmeric in one liter of water, an inch of ginger root, honey, stevia, or maple syrup, and onions. So first, you should mix the stevia, honey, and maple syrup with the water. It should dissolve and boil. Add the onions along with the ginger that you'll chop finely. Simmer everything for a whole, and um, in the end, apply turmeric. Reduce medium heat. Leave everything to simmer for about a half an hour. The liquid should become decreased to about half the amount. Leave it aside to cool. Keep it in the fridge. And this um, is a natural remedy that you can consume. Two tablespoons of this amazing natural remedy should be taken in the morning, and two tablespoons should be taken in the evening. And the results will appear very soon. So, again, you're going to take the turmeric. You're going to add that. You're going to apply the turmeric, the ginger, the water, the maple syrup, or honey or stevia, whatever, you know, sweetener you have, and you're going to boil it you know, and then reduce to medium heat, let everything simmer for a half an hour, and then you're going to let it cool, and you're going to take two tablespoons in the morning and two tablespoons in the evening to get the lungs together so we can breathe in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace.
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. 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 Things and grace. And welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. And tonight I'm going to turn to the second treatise of the great Seth, located in the non-Kamadi library, just a portion that I feel metaphysically connected to the energetics that are happening right now. But those who have not are poor. That is, those who do not possess him. And they desire him and lead astray those who through them have become like those who possess the truth of their freedom just as they bought us the servitude and constraint of care and fear. This person is in slavery. And he who is brought by constraint of force, threat has been guarded by God. But the entire nobility of the fatherhood is not guarded since he guards only him who is, who is from him. He guards only him who is from him without word and constraint. Since he is united with his will, he who belongs only to the Anoah of the fatherhood, to make it perfect and ineffable through the living water, through the living water, to be with you mutually in wisdom, not only in word of hearing, but in deed, not only in word of hearing, but in deed, and fulfilled word. For the perfect ones are worthy to be established in this way and to be united with me, and they may not share in any enmity in a good friendship. I accomplish everything through the good one. For this is the union of the truth, that they should have no adversary, but everyone who brings division. And he will learn no wisdom at all because he brings division and is not a friend. It's hostile to them all. But he who lives in harmony and friendship of brotherly love, naturally and not artificially, naturally and not artificially, completely and not partially, 
this person is truly the desire of the Father. He is the universal one and perfect love. Okay, perfect love. It also happened in the places under heaven for their reconciliation. Those who knew me in salvation and undividedness and those who existed for the glory of the Father and the truth, having been separated, blended into one through the living word. And I am in the spirit and the truth of the motherhood, just as he has been there. I was among those who are united in the friendship of friends forever, who neither know hostility at all, nor evil, but who are united by my knowledge in word and peace, which exist in perfection with everyone and in them all. And those who assume the form of my type will assume the form of my word. Overstand. And those who assume the form of my type will assume the form of my word. Indeed, these will come forth in life forever and in friendship with each other in spirit. Since they have known in every respect and indivisibly that what is, is one. And all of these are one. And thus they will learn about the one, as did the assembly and those dwelling in it. For the father of all exists, being immeasurable and immutable. Immeasurable and immutable. Nous, which means intelligence and word, and division, and envy, and fire. And he is entirely one, being the all with them in a single doctrine, because all these are from the single spirit. Oh, unseen ones, why do you not know the mystery rightly? But the archons around Yaldabaoth were, were disobedient because of the Noah who went down from him from her sister Sophia the light that went down from wisdom, overstand. They made the union with those who were with them in a mixture of a fiery cloud, overstand that cloud, which was their envy, and it envies us, right? All that cloud and auto ML (laughs) and artificial intelligence, right, that's based in the cloud. They made for themselves a union with those who were with them in a mixture of a fiery cloud, which was their envy. And the rest who were brought forth by their creatures, overstand. And if they had bruised the noble pleasure of the assembly, as if they had bruised the noble pleasure of the assembly, and therefore they revealed a mixture of ignorance and a counterfeit of fire and earth and a murderer, small and untaught without knowledge having dared these things, without knowledge having dared these things, now they're speeding through development, overstand, and not having understood that light has fellowship with light and darkness with darkness and the corruptible with the perishable and the imperishable with the incorruptible. Now these things are presented to you. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who is exalted above the heavens. O perfect and incorruptible ones, because of the incorruptible and the perfect mystery and the ineffable one, that they think that we decreed them before the foundation of the world, in order that when we emerge from the places of the world, we may present there the symbols of incorruption from the spiritual union unto knowledge, 
overstand. We may present here the symbols in corruption from the spiritual union in unto knowledge. You do not know it because the fleshly cloud overshadows you. It says it right here. You do not know it because the fleshly cloud overshadows you. But I alone am the friend of Sophia. Overstand, the friend of wisdom. I have been in the bosom of the Father from the beginning, in the place of the sons of the truth and the greatness. Rest in with me, my fellow spirits, and my brothers forever. This is excerpts from the second treatise of the great Seth. Overstand. The fiery cloud, right? And so I was drawn to look up the metaphysical meaning of Belshazzar. Bel meaning to protect the clean, the Lord leader, the prince of Bel, the last king of Babylon. Overstand, the last king of Babylon, Belshazzar. During his reign, Babylon was captured by Medes and the Persians. Right? So the metaphysical meaning of Belshazzar is mere sense judgment or instinct. It is the sun or the bringing forth attempts to rule the consciousness without appealing to God for right judgment, signified by Nebuchadnezzar, who was the father of Belshazzar. Okay, bringing forth of the attempt to rule the consciousness without appealing to God. For right judgment. That's what's happening right now. That what Belshazzar signifies is a mere animal. It has no reverence or respect for holy things. It sensualizes all the vessels of the Lord and materializes everything. The vessels of the Lord refer to the various avenues of expression in the body. Understand that we have to bring out of us so that we can bless this place. And take all this negative energy out, right? The vessel of the Lord refers to the various avenues of expression in the body. Instead of realizing their spiritual significance and use, mere sense judgment, Belshazzar, looks upon them as material and thinks they are for pleasure and sensation and artificial stimulation. Overstand, the last king of Babylon physical meaning of intelligence, right, is the expression of man's powers and capacities through the avenue of the limited mental attitude, termed intellect. When the same avenue loses its boundaries and catches sight of the great sea of infinite understanding, which is always open to it, it takes on that phase of knowing, more properly termed wisdom, right? It takes on the Sophia, overstand where the Most High resides, where his son resides. Intelligence, divine intelligence that accords with or comes with, comes from the divine mind. The next great proclamation of scientific minds will be that one directive, intelligence is essential, right? And causes causes harmony in the universe. We already know that. We don't have to wait for science to tell us that. And the metaphysical meaning of wisdom It's intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, the voice of God within as the source of our understanding, action based on the Christ truth within. Wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, intuition, and all the departments of mind that come under the head of knowing. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge, 
Spiritual discernment always places wisdom above the other faculties of the mind and reveals that knowledge and intelligence are auxiliary to understanding. Wisdom and divine understanding, these attributes come from the spirit of Christ within us. The price that we must pay for the conscious attainment of divine wisdom and understanding is the letting go of the personal self with its limited beliefs, being able to transform and transfigure, right, and transmute. Understand, letting go of the personal self with its limited beliefs. Paul saw the Christ waiting at the door of every soul when he wrote, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon thee. 17. Worldly wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Worldly wisdom is knowledge of worldly things with the ability to use them. You know, and then the wisdom. We have to call into place our intuition. We have to trust the voice of the Most High within. Judgment. Oh, don't judge. Yes, you have to. And have discriminatory taste. It's okay to discern. That word is not always bad when it's used in the right context. Physical meaning of Joshua, which I referenced in the beginning at the praise of, right, the Chronicles, um, Jehovah is salvation, Jah is savior, Jehovah is deliverer, who Jehovah makes triumphant, Jehovah is the victory, Jah makes rich. Okay, son of Nun, Moses minister, the leader of Moses' army, Joshua was one of the two spies who gave a good report of the promised land and took charge of the Israelites after Moses' death and led them into the land of Canaan. He was the tribe of Ephraim. The metaphysical meaning of Joshua means Jah is Savior. Jehovah is Deliverer. In the Hebrew, the name is identical with the name Jesus, Yeshua. But these names are derived from the word Jehovah, meaning I am that I am. The only difference between Joshua and Yeshua is the extent of conscious realization of identity. The extent of conscious realization of identity with the I am. Under certain states of mind, the I am in man acquires greatly increased power. This power has its foundation in spiritual understanding. Joshua took the children of Israel into the promised land. So it is through the power of our I am or indwelling Christ that we lay hold of and attain the redemption of our life forces. We have to lay hold and attain the redemption of our life forces, overstand individually, intimately, intricately, lay hold and attain the redemption of our life forces, find strength. The leadership of the Israelites was given to Joshua because he had been under instruction and had acquired a proficiency that enabled him to perform his work with dispatch. We got to get ready. Joshua was the tribe of Ephraim, typifying will or executive faculty of the mind. When Joshua took command, he notified the children of Israel that they would pass over into the promised land in three days. This promptness of action is the result of confidence, Godfidence, overstand, and power. When we know the law of spiritual demonstration and have the courage to act, we are Joshua. 
When we know the law of spiritual demonstration and have the courage to act, we are Joshua. It is this state of mind that saves the whole mentality from its errors and brings it into a consciousness of its natural inheritance in being, natural inheritance in being. The I am which governs and controls the activity of thought in the inner realms speaks to the children of Israel and commands them, hear the words of Jehovah your God. Overstand. Hear the words. It's, it's, it's all inside. All inside. It's a personal conversation. Right? It's an ongoing one. In Yeshua's name, you're going to take your music moment. Blessings and grace.
a perfect number, you know, and it's not just in terms of numerology. Nine is, is, is shaped as a spiral, I don't know, so everything in a aeration is based on the spiral principle we call 5PHI 1.618. You know, a nine is also reflected in the, in the, in the, in the language itself. Because remember, say every number, every letter have a number, and every number is represented by a letter, and nine is represented by the perfect letter, which is I. I, which stands capital at all times, never come on. You know? So, if you check it, nine spans every dimension. It's not just the physical three dimensional space, it spans the next dimension. So, it's three square equal nine, and it's important for no in this time not to get a six for a nine, because enough six out there, you know? Seeing some ones who get up every day and a chant, 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 and them liberty just go, go further than how them chant. You know, so you want to forget what I can say be the real thing, which is spanning both the physical space and the mental space and the theoretical space, which is a three square. You know, so it's important, as I said, careful of the sixes that are out there. And that's why Matthew said, even there, you look at yourself as a sister and look at your own development trajectory. You talk about consistency. You know, it's years I sight the eye in the eye thing. You know, I have always been consistent. As I said before, you could have always do all kind of music, but you you choose special music for actually do. And thing, you know, I mean, look around creation. Everything in creation is built off the principle of the spiral. Everything is built off the principle of the spiral. From plants to the cells to the universe, all of those things are built off of that principle. And Rastafari, through its own genius of simplicity, captures the whole essence of nine in reference to everyone as I. As in I and I, which means that I talk to ones in the perfect state. And I say again, that is what music should be doing. Music is supposed to move you from your lower self to your higher self, move you from a six, really, to a nine. You know, and I think this album with the nine songs represents that movement from that lower self straight to your higher self. So, as you listen to each of the songs, you're supposed to actually get a kind of theoretical progression going forward until the ceiling of the album. I will know just like in music, when you move from an octave, which is eight, which is infinity. What is beyond infinity? It is I, which is nine. Blessings and grace. I want to thank you again for joining me on this journey of musing and um, for taking the time to overstand artificial intelligence and the advent of universal basic income. I will go a little bit more in depth on the ways to future-proof yourself that are tangible. Um, Next week, I'd like to give some love to my co-host, and that is the frequency of the music. That was just tonight with Nine, with Sun Ra, Godspell, Afro Brothers, Story of a Piano. Jennifer Lara, Queen of My Empire, Atanya Free, Atanya Roots, Claire Renee, Conversations with the Sky, Echo Deep, Tao's War Dance, Unifying Vibes, Claire Angel, War Medley, Doll Tallman, Find Strength, Marla Brown, Champion, The Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Earthology, Sarak, 13th Planet, and John 9, Attention. Blessings and grace and strength to all. Until another seven days pass, let there be progression, completion, and manifestation to all within the listening ear. Blessings and grace.
3, 4. 